pray again that uh, you will speak through this vessel this morning that you will find me yielded I thank you for your anointing that is not only upon me and within me but upon all of your people this morning and within all of them Lord thank you Holy Spirit for your ministry here to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ to the glory and honor of the Father and of Jesus who is the head of the church again in the precious and mighty name of Jesus and we all say Amen so uh, when Pastor John told me that and asked me to minister this morning it's just because I'm, I'm, I am um, somewhat seasoned in bringing the word of God hearing from the Holy Spirit and bringing I know when he fills me up with words um, I, I know when, when he's given me the words to bring and so the whole week I've just been putting my trust in him and I even spoke to Pastor John during the week and I said to him hmm, you know John I could go in quite a few directions because there's a lot of things that I'm full of you know full of the word because I've been in all Pastor John's messages so I'm full of them, full of them. and uh and he just kept blessing me and saying to me, because you know he's in Ethiopia right now on a very important sign, assignment for the Lord Jesus. And he just kept saying to me, the Lord will speak, he will show you. And then um, yesterday afternoon he began to just share his heart with me. Just share his heart and that's, the way in which he wants to bring it through me to you today. He wants to share his heart with you about certain things. So if you are here this morning and you're visiting from another church, uh, you should be planted in a church, your, your own church, the church where the Lord Jesus wants you to be planted. But if you're from out of town and you're visiting or something, then you should be receiving something that you can take back to your own church, right? But this is family business this morning, heritage of faith. It's uh, from the heart of the Father to us this morning. So the title of my message this morning is called The Work of an Apostle. And, um, you know, before Pastor John left to go to Ethiopia, uh, I was praying for him. We were praying together and I was praying for him. And I found this beautiful scripture from the Lord in Psalm 68. It says, Ethiopia shall hasten to stretch out her hands to God. 
Ethiopia shall hasten to stretch out her hands to God with offerings of, of submission. This is one of the countries that the Lord Jesus spoke to Brother Jerry about in 2010, that Ethiopia would be one of the 10 nations where your work would go. So our Bible school is going to Ethiopia. And as I was praying for Pastor John, I saw Ethiopia, the Christians of Ethiopia, doing this, stretching out the, her hands to God. Because there's legacy transfer that's coming. There's teachings of the Word of God that's coming. And the beautiful thing about this is it's the pastors that are wanting this Bible school for their people. So the local churches are going to be running these Bibles, these Bible schools. And it is a mammoth task. It's massive because most of the Ethiopians don't speak English. They can't read English. So there's a whole team now that's being put together to translate things into Aramaic. And so it's, it's, it's really massive in the heart of God to get the word to them. Things that you you can just go to Bible school whenever you want to, if you want to, or if you don't want to. I saw the Ethiopians though stretching out their hands to God and saying, "Thank you, Lord. Thank you for bringing. Thank you for bringing." And so Pastor John is ministering, has been ministering to pastors, and they've been going through it of what to do, how this can be. And God's been giving them wisdom and helping them because there's some of you that have been praying for Him, right? And so we're going to pray for Him right now in Ethiopia. He's ministering several services today. And so we're going to pray for Him right now. We're going to pray in the Holy Ghost. Those of you who don't pray in the Spirit, you just be in agreement with the sound and say, yes, Lord, all of that, answer all of that, because God understands us when we pray in the Spirit. We pray for Pastor John, Lord. Oh, Bragado, 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 bragado. Oshkeskefte balato. Oh, shabara para parasta. Hallelujah. And Father, 
I want to thank you, Lord, in the presence of your people in this congregation today for the way in which you've taken care of Pastor John. Such care, Father. Pastor John said he was sleeping and the attendants in the aeroplane, he woke up after an hour and a half and he had a blanket put over him. I said, Lord, you had someone put a blanket over him. Thank you. I praise you, Lord. And he had missed the meal and they said to him, no, no, Mr. Ben Dixon, we got food ready for you. Glory to God. The tender, loving care. I just rejoiced with Pastor John on the phone. Oh, just bless them, Lord. Bless every hand that just put a blanket over him. That served him with a glass of water and a meal. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Bless them, Lord. And um, just like that, everywhere he's gone, the tender care of God has been evident to take care of him on his mission, being obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ. God takes care of us. Hallelujah. So I just want to thank God for all of that glory. In I want you to thank me with him for the care of God in so many little things, so many little things that God has taken care of, Pastor John. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Oh, your tender loving care. Hallelujah. Your tender mercies. In Jesus' name. And so I thank you. I thank you, God, Pastor Garth, for just helping me make this start wonderful. So, the purpose of this impartation to you today is that the Lord wants everyone in this local church to have a fuller, deeper recognition of how He is working with us so that we can make the progress that He knows we can make together. Great grace is upon Pastor John at this time. Heaven is fully backing him. And so if heaven is backing him, I certainly am backing him. I'm on God's side. I'm with God. If God is backing him, then I'm backing him. Just recently, the Lord just gave me these words just about um, great grace on the 15th of January, he said to me, my great grace is upon you, all the people in this church, here where I am building, John and all with him. I am leading him and guiding him. I am with him. And he gave me I am in capital letters. I am guiding him. I am leading him. I am is backing him. Prayer is to be made for him continually. I am giving him territory. He is occupying with me. Then he gave me this personal instruction. Watch him. Listen to what he's saying and go with him. Watch him. Hear him. And then go with him. 
that's not difficult. And um, right, so that's uh, what he said. That's what he said to me. Precious, isn't it? Great grace. What is grace? It's can do. Grace is God's can do, power, ability to do. Grace is not, well, I've got God's grace. I can do what I want to. Grace is a very powerful word. The Holy Spirit is called the spirit of grace. So grace means I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Grace is I can do his word. I can become who he is, has predestined me to become. I can. I can do. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We thank him for his grace today. Hallelujah. So I'm going to go to this prophecy. I'm just going to stay with God this morning. Um, so the word for us as a congregation is going big and going bold, version 2 in 22. So God's upgrading it and updating it, right? So when you get a version 2, it means there's an update and an upgrade. So what was last year will not be this year. He's a God that moves always, right? So we are going big in prayer. Here's upgrade, update. This is a document that we have made available to everybody. Everybody should have this. I've had it since we printed it. So it was available to everybody. And if it's not still out there and you really want it because you want to know the recognition of the time, it is available to you. We are going big in prayer. We are going big in sound and song. We're going big in the word and the messages that God is giving us. And as we are going big, our faith is going to arise. Our faith. We are going big and bold together, right? Bold. We must be bold in defense. Bold in offense. It's time to attack. We must be bold in new directions. So when new directions come from Pastor John from the pulpit, you see every Sunday, that is why it's so vital for you. If you're going to stay with Pastor John and stay, actually, if you're going to stay with God, you have to stay with what God is saying through Pastor John every Sunday. If you're going to stay with God in his time, you have to stay with, because every message has instruction, direction, correction. Every, in every message is all of those things for us all the time, training every script, training in righteousness, training us to be obedient, correction, instruction, direction is in every message. What is God saying? You will always hear in a message, Pastor John will say, Bring the message, and then you're saying this and this and this is what the Lord is doing here and saying here now. There is the recognition of the time, it's in the message, right? You have every right to be getting involved in every single message. So we must be bold in our new directions, in our established faith, bold in our sowing, 
bold in receiving our great harvest and bold in sowing our God-given gifting to in the church. Very important. We have to be bold to bring our God-given gifting to the church, into the church. We must be bold in that. We are going to have enthusiasm and do things that are serious in nature. We're going to be expanding and large in the way that we go forward with things. We're going to be bold and courageous together. This is about the grace of God. What's the grace of God? The can-do of God in you. This is about the grace of God allowing your gift to have space to grow, to enlarge and make big the body of Christ. Do you see in the Spirit? Still from this document that you, you should be having. Do you see in the Spirit that this is a strategic time? This is a time for you and me, for us together, collective greatness. This is a time for us to begin to hold, join hands, to join and strengthen our combined resources, combine our faith, combine our prayers, get united in our prayers, begin to press in the Spirit for the big things that God has got for us. As we press, we as we Press as we come together collectively, great together in our faith, great together in our agreement, great together in our prayer life, great together in sound and song and the way that we worship, greatness in the things and the boldness and the strength will grow. How powerful is this in the light of what Pastor John's been ministering of not being in your self-oneness? See what this means to you now. It's not me and my self-oneness, I, me and what, and my dreams and my plans and my things and my goals and my things. It's me at oneness with God. And if you're at oneness with God, you're at oneness with his church. Because the Lord said, I must tell you, he's not busy working in the world system. The only thing he's doing in the world system is that he sent Jesus to save the whole world. And the church will preach the gospel to the world system. But God is not working in the world system going, I wonder how I can help all the banks. I wonder how I can help the education system in the world. I wonder how I can help the entertainment system in the world. I wonder how I can help all the sports system in the world. I wonder how I can help everything that's been set up in the world. He's not working in the world system. He's only working in his church. That's the only thing that Jesus is presiding, presiding over. He's the head of the church. He's not the head of the world system. Satan is the God of the world system. Jesus is the head of the church. And there's no contest there because Satan has been defeated. But Jesus is going to work. He's building here in this place under the assignment and ministry and purpose of the Lord Jesus, of the Lord Jesus Christ for Pastor John's life. He wants a ruling, reigning, governing church. That's why in this church, 
you will be receiving messages that many other churches don't receive. Because others may. Well, maybe they shouldn't, but you may not. And we may not. Not in this ecclesia. And you can see the patterns of a church that Jesus is building because Jesus said, I will build my church. And where Jesus is building, he builds his ruling, reigning, governing church. It was always God's plan from the beginning for man to rule and reign. Now the new creation, the new creature that gets born again, gets set into Jesus' ecclesia, church. Let me just show you then what he gives, Jesus gives. Ephesians 4, um, 7 to 8, and 11 to 13 from the Passion Translation. I didn't give you that scripture. I apologize, but I'm going to read it from the Passion Translation because it's on this prophecy document that Pastor John gave us last year that's now applicable for 2022 because it's upgraded. Right. So Ephesians 4, 7 to 8. From the Passion Translation. And he has generously given each of us supernatural grace according to the size of the gift of Christ. That is why he says he ascends into the heavenly heights. It's talking about Jesus now. Jesus. He ascends into the heavenly heights, taking his many captured ones with him. And gifts were given to men. He has appointed some with grace. He has appointed some with can do. Apostles to be apostles, some with can do to be prophets, some with can do to be evangelists, some with can do to be shepherds, pastors, and some with can do to be teachers. Verse 12, very important, to help get you out of your self oneness and their calling. So these ones with can do, their calling is to nurture and prepare all the holy believers to do their own works of ministry. And as they do this, they will enlarge and build up the body of Christ. These graced ministries will function until we all attain oneness in the faith. Until we all experience the fullness of what it means to know the Son of God. And finally, we become one perfect man. You see, not in our own self-oneness. We come one. One with each other because we're one with God. One perfect man or one mature man. With the full dimensions of spiritual maturity. And fully developed in the abundance of Christ. So God wanted me to read that to you. Right. Now this is the next scripture out of the King James Version. 1 Corinthians 12, 27 to 31. Just remember that the Lord is wanting to share his heart with you this morning about the work of an apostle. Right? He's sharing his heart with you this morning. Because everything, everything in your life, your spiritual life, and your go forward is directly connected to this work that God has called Pastor John to do. 
and I'll get there. But he said to me to tell you that all of your eternal rewards are coming because you, you saw your place and you worked with the apostle. Not because you became famous in the world or you became successful in the world. That will not get you any eternal rewards. Your eternal rewards comes from the way that he's set it up in the New Testament. So you see everywhere in the epistles in the New Testament, everybody that worked with their apostle and everybody that worked against. You see the pattern of God. He had it written so that it could continue up to our day. Because we're not living in the time of the Apostle Paul. We're living in the time where they have been given to us. You see, Jesus gave these gifts to men because Jesus came into the earth as an apostle, as a prophet, as a shepherd, as an evangelist, and as a teacher. When he died and left, he gave those gifts to men who he chose. Now, there are a lot of people that put themselves in those offices that Jesus didn't put the gifts in. But that's between them and God, right? But where there's the real thing, we don't throw out the baby with the bathwater just because there's the fake. We got to go with truth of God's word and the pattern of God's word. So here's the next scripture, 1 Corinthians 12, 27 to 31. From the King James. Now you are the body of Christ and members in particular. And God has set some in the church. The church meaning, remember Pastor John's been teaching on this. The church is not a congregation that comes together on a Sunday morning to sing nice songs and hear a nice message and go home and live like everybody else lives. The church is what Jesus said in Matthew 16. I will build. I will build. I will build. My church, and that's one of the major callings of an apostle, is to build, build, build with Jesus, for Jesus. His kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. I will build my church. And the church that I will build, there the gates of hell will not prevail against it. There will be victory. There where I can build and the people are building according to my pattern in my New Testament. There, there will be victory. There'll be victory for, for people that are there because I am backing the leader because I have called him with great responsibility to accomplish things that must happen in the earth in my time. And then I've called those and placed those around him and those that are backing him, I back them. But if you dismembered, and you and you and you and you 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 you're independent and you're out there on your own you're not backing anybody you're not giving god anything to back you with because it's not according to his pattern he does not back an independent a misaligned a dismembered can you see how he can't it's his church He's made the way of how things are done in his church. It's in scripture. Hallelujah. So, and God has set some in the church. First, apostles, secondarily, prophets, 
Thirdly, teachers, after that, miracles, gifts of healings, helps, governments, or diversities of tongues, are all apostles? No. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, have all the gifts of healing? All do not have the gifts of healing, but all can lay hands on the sick if they believe. Right? Just putting some context there. Do all speak with tongues? And do all interpret? He's talking about the gift of the spirit here of tongues and interpretation in Corinthians 14. Yes, but we do all speak in tongues. All right. So, but covet the earnest gifts and I yet I show unto you a more excellent way. And then he talks about love. So in my studies in, 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 in the past, I looked up this word first. Now God has set some in the church first. Because I wanted to know what first means and I wanted to know what secondarily means. And I wanted to see the Greek word of thirdly. Okay. So first that this word first that Paul was using is a Greek word called proton. And it's first in order, first in rank, right? First in order and first in rank. So God does have an army and he has rank. And if we have an intelligent recognition of it and we work with it, we're going to accomplish the purposes of Jesus in his church. So it's the first, first in rank, the chief, the principal. So apostle Jesus Christ, Hebrews 3 and verse 1. Hebrews 3 and verse 1. I'm going to turn there. Hebrews 3 and verse 1. This is the heart of the Father speaking to us this morning. Glory. Sorry about this. Hebrews 3 and verse 1. Right, so, so Jesus, Apostle Jesus Christ. So they're in brethren, consecrated, I'm reading from the Amplified, and set apart for God who share, brethren, consecrated and set apart for God who share in the heavenly calling. Thoughtfully, attentively consider Jesus, the Apostle and High Priest. Right? Apostle and High Priest. So then it says here, verse 2, see how faithful he was to him who appointed him, apostle and high priest, as Moses was also faithful in the whole house of God. So he's saying Jesus was an apostle as Moses was an apostle. Right? Saying Jesus was an apostle as Moses was an apostle. And Jesus was faithful as Moses was faithful. So, faithful in the whole house of God. So Moses was sent on a specific assignment by God. And Jesus was sent on a specific assignment by God. And then Jesus gave gifts. And you see that? 
um, Jesus gave gifts to men. Jesus came as apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, teacher. I don't have time to go into all those scriptures. Jesus came with, into the earth as an apostle, as a prophet, as a pastor, as a teacher, and as an evangelist, right? And when he left, he gave those gifts of Jesus, he gave them to men. So that the body of Christ may come to the fullness. So that sons of God may come to the fullness. The highest calling, the highest calling is son of God. Then God gave apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists to equip sons of God. Right? And so... When, when Jesus arose, he gave gifts to men. And this is Jesus continuing his work in his church in the earth. The work of an apostle is the work of Jesus in his church. Whatever we do with Pastor John, we are doing with Jesus. Jesus presides over what he is doing in his church in the earth. He is not working in the world system. He came to save it, but he's working in his church. He is only working in the world system because his church is active in it, doing what he's, 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 he has them to do. So Pastor John's calling is primarily shepherd teacher. That's Pastor John's primary call is shepherd teacher, right? Pastor teacher. But He has been sent to as an apostle to establish what God has called him to do. In this new era, he is becoming, since the first 20 years was over, now you have to understand that we had a word, those of you that are new, we had a word from the Lord. 2020 was the year of when God had wrapped up things of that era. And he was beginning a brand new era with us. Right? So whatever we do with Pastor John, the work of the apostle is the work of Jesus in his church. Whatever we do with Pastor John, we are doing with Jesus. Jesus presides over what, what he is doing in his church in the earth. He is not working in the world system. He came to save it but he's working in his church. Pastor John, like I said, primary shepherd teacher, but apostle sent to establish what God has called him to do. In this new era, he is becoming. Since the first 20 years was over, God has shifted many things in him and changed many things in him spiritually by his Holy Spirit. And it's happening, continues to happen all the time. Everyone who knows and love him are experiencing and understanding that this is the Lord's work in him and they are fully cooperating. He is becoming what the Lord needs him to become now in this new era because the last era of, of what God has called Pastor John to do is over. Right, I don't have time to go into all that. There's so much stuff. See, when God called Pastor John, he call, called Pastor John and Brother Jerry together so they said at the same time, when Brother Jerry said, Pastor John, you need to take that church in with bank. 
because I he came from South Africa and he went home and he said, because I arrived home and the Lord had been speaking to me for a long time to start a church. But I said to him, you're going to have to work on Carolyn because that's not something she wants to do. But Brother Jerry had felt in her heart, his heart for a long time to start the church. So he said, you speak to her. And the Lord did. While he was in the air traveling home from South Africa, Jesus visited Miss Carolyn and came to her in a vision. And he had his church in his hand and he dropped it into her lap. And by the time Brother Jerry landed and came back, she was in tears because Jesus can change anything. 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 And so Brother Jerry said, John, you call it heritage of faith? And we started at exactly the same time as Brother Jerry. Right. So, um, um, thank you, Lord, that you are helping me here now. Right. So, so in those first 20 years, God, God did what he needed to do. But now the 20 years, God's perfect period of waiting is over. And he's shifted Pastor John completely. And he's becoming what the Lord needs him to be so he can accomplish what Jesus needs him to do and finish before he goes home, before he dies, before his body goes into the ground and his spirit and his soul go to heaven. He is currently walking with Jesus on the water, hand in hand. All of his eternal rewards are based on his obedience to Jesus. All of Pastor John's eternal rewards are based on his obedience to Jesus, who is the head of the church. All of our eternal rewards have everything to do with us individually recognizing and doing our part to help him fulfill what Jesus is telling him to do. So you cannot see your life as, but I've got this job and I've got this work. And so the church has just got to get on without me. God doesn't see it like that. God placed you as, a, as vital a member in his church as Pastor John is. And so when you find yourself working with a pastor teacher or apostle sent one, to do exactly what God tells him to do, and you do your part. His rewards in heaven are not bigger than yours if you do your part in it. Our rewards are the same because you did your part because I'll get to this part of what an apostle means. I'll get to that. Right, but this I have to say. All of our eternal rewards have everything to do with us individually recognizing and do, doing our part to help him fulfill this. All of the epistles in the New Testament is full of this way of God in his church around Apostle Paul. Full of it. They were all people that had responsibilities outside of Ecclesia and church. But they all worked and functioned in their God-given gifting around Apostle Paul to make sure that the, what God wanted to get done on the earth at that time got done. You and I 
This is fresh from the Lord. Do not have a share and a part and a heavenly reward apart from our part of what Pastor John's part is. And I'm going to read that again. So if you think you are putting for yourself rewards in heaven because you are doing things excellently out there in the world system, that's not, that's not how God rewards. Yes, diligence and all of those things, you know, but God has called you to his ecclesia. That's your primary calling. He's called you to his church. So, I'm going to read this again. You and I do not have a share and a part of the heavenly reward apart from our part of what Pastor John's part is. So you can't say, I've got, I'm going to have all these heavenly rewards and I'm going to have all of this. But Pastor John's got to just do what he's got to do. You can't get eternal heavenly rewards from that because God's pattern is a spiritual leader and then a, a team around him to get accomplished what the Jesus wants to get accomplished. Now, I can't help it if other institutions that call themselves churches have given a different impression, but we are going with what God is revealing to us, his pattern in his word. His pattern in his word. Right. So, so you and I do not have a share or a part of a, an, or a heavenly reward apart from our part of what Pastor John's part is. Uh, so you can't say, I'm going to get my own heavenly reward, just me and my own walk with God. And Pastor John's just got to carry on and do what he's going to do. It doesn't work like that with God. Do you get that? Right? This is what it means to be a partaker of his calling. We are all called to be partakers of the heavenly calling. That's on Pastor John. The Holy Spirit inspired men to record all the activities around the teacher, preacher, apostle Paul. It records by name the people who helped him. Let me read that again. The Holy Spirit inspired men to write scripture to record all of the activities around the teacher, preacher, apostle Paul. It records by name the people who helped him and it records by name the people who hindered him and opposed him. Philippians 1 verses 1 to 8 from the Amplified Bible. There's an there's a example of this. Our Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Christ Jesus the Messiah to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi. Now this, this scripture, you must just look at the pattern here. With the overseers and the deacons and the assistants, grace and favor and blessing to you and heart peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God in all of my remembrance of you. In every prayer of mine, I always make entreaty and petition for all of you with joy and delight. I thank my God for your fellowship, your sympathetic cooperation and contributions and partnership in advancing the gospel from the first day you heard it until now. 
And I'm convinced and sure of this very thing that he who began a good work in you will continue until the day of Jesus, right up to the time of his return, developing that good work and bringing and perfecting and bringing it to full completion in you. It is right and appropriate for me to have this confidence and feel this way about you all because you have me in your heart and I hold you in my heart. Do you have Pastor John in your heart? I know he holds you in his heart. I know that. And more importantly than that, God knows that. God knows that he holds you in his heart. And do you see in that scripture, you're supposed to hold him in your heart. Right? Because you have me in your heart, I hold you in my heart as partakers and sharers, one and all with me of grace. And verse 8, look at verse 8. For God is my witness how I long for and pursue you all with love in the tender mercy of Christ Jesus himself. Now we're going to go to Philippians 2, 25 to 30. The point God is making here is that it records by name the people who helped him and the people who hindered and opposed him. Because God sends a messenger, he, has, he appoints a leader, first apostles, that word first means first, right, doesn't mean second. God's got order and rank in his kingdom for function. So everything can get done. Look at this here, verse 25. Uh, however, I thought it necessary to send Epaphroditus back to you. He names people by name. To send Epaphroditus back to you. He's been my brother and companion in labor and my fellow soldier. You see, you see that. Are you Pastor John's companion in his labor? What's his labor? He's got to obey what God tells him to do. Are you his companion in his labor? You are my companion and, my, and in labor and my fellow soldier. He cannot do without Epaphroditus. You are my fellow soldier as well as having come as your special minister and apostle and minister to my need. So I'm your special minister, I'm your apostle, and you ministered to my need. Oh, praise the Lord. For he has been homesick, longing for you all. So he's sending Epaphroditus to the church at Philippi. He has been homesick and longing for you all and has been distressed because you heard that he was ill. He certainly was ill too, near to death, but God had compassion on him and not only on him, but also on me, lest I should sorrow over him coming upon sorrow. So I've sent him all the more willingly and eagerly that you may be gladdened at seeing him again and that I may be the less disquieted. Welcome him home then in the Lord with all joy and honor and highly appreciate men like him. For it was through working for Christ that he came so near to death. Risking his very life to complete the deficiencies in your service to me. Which distance prevented you yourselves from rendering. Can you see that? People labored with the apostle Paul risking their lives. Because they were doing it as unto the Lord. They understood the pattern of God. How things work in God's heart for his ecclesia, his church. 
Look at 1 Thessalonians 5, 12 to 13. This is all going by how God records the names of people who helped him and people who hindered and opposed him. 1 Thessalonians 5, 12 to 13. Now also we beseech you, brethren, get to know those who labor among you. Recognize them for what they are. Acknowledge and appreciate and respect them all. Your leaders who are over you in the Lord. This is not heresy. Your leaders who are over you in the Lord. And those who warn and kindly reprove and exhort you and hold them in very high and most affectionate esteem in intelligent, sympathetic appreciation of their work. You see what your attitude's got to be towards Pastor John, right? You've got to acknowledge and appreciate and respect him. He's over you in the Lord. He will warn and kindly reprove and exhort you. You to hold him in very high, most affectionate esteem. It's okay for you to do this because the Bible tells you to do this. Hallelujah. The Bible tells me so. Hold him in very high and most affectionate esteem. That means you love him for the work he's doing for Jesus. An intelligent Sympathetic appreciation of their work and be at peace among yourselves. This is how God sees it. The, the Lord wants me reading you this, these scriptures this morning because he wants you to know that he sees it like this because it's in his word. So if you see it in a different way, it's not how he sees it. He sees it like this. It's in his word. This is how he intends it to be. And here, here's, here's, here's Colossians 1, 28 to 29. I have to read it. The Lord gave me the scripture in the Amplified, Colossians 1, 28 and 29. This is the Apostle Paul. This is, this is Pastor John, pastor teacher, but he's doing an apostolic work, right? Him we preach. So Christ, Pastor John, preaches and proclaims, warning, admonishing everyone. So will you be warned? Will you be admonished through the gift of Pastor John? Can you see that he has to warn and admonish? Him we preach, proclaim, warning and admonishing everyone, instructing everyone in all wisdom. Why? I know it says comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God. And that is what I'm teaching you this morning. I'm giving you comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God. But the purpose is that we may present every person mature. Present every person mature, full grown, fully initiated, complete and perfect in Christ. For this, Pastor John labors unto weariness, striving with all the superhuman energy which he so mightily enkindles and works within him. It doesn't matter what you've seen or experienced in other churches and what you think how other people do it. This is how Pastor John does it. This is how Pastor John does it. This is his ministry motive. Right here. If you ever read it again in the Bible. 
Pastor John preaches and proclaims and warns and admonishes everyone. He instructs everyone in all wisdom. He instructs everyone into the comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God. That that he may present every person mature and full grown and fully initiated and complete and perfect in Christ. For this Pastor John labors unto weariness, striving with all the superhuman energy which God so mightily enkindles and works within him. And now we're going to have a look at people who help people who help Apostle Paul. Look at Colossians 4, 7 to 17. Look at this. There's those who help him. You are here. This is an example because you are here to help Pastor John. Pastor John is called to do a very specific task for Jesus. Jesus who is the head of the church. He's got to do a very specific task. He's got to do what Jesus tells him to do. Not what Jesus tells another pastor in another church to do. That's their responsibility. What Jesus tells how to build here. Right. So those who help him. Colossians 4, 7 to 17, Amplified Bible. Look at the names of these people. Your names. Your names are being recorded. God knows you all by name. Everyone here around Pastor John. Here, verse 7. Tychicus, here's a name. Tychicus will give you full. Here's the Apostle Paul sending a letter about these people. Apostle Paul, right? Tychicus will give you full information about my affairs. He is a much-loved brother, faithful ministering assistant, and fellow servant with us in the Lord. Isn't that beautiful? God's bringing this scripture to us this morning so we can see how he works among us. I've sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are faring and that he may comfort and cheer and encourage your hearts. With him is Onesimus, our faithful beloved brother, who is one of yourselves. They will let you know everything that has taken place here in Rome. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, wishes to be remembered to you, as does Mark, the relative of Barnabas. You received instructions concerning him. If he comes to you, give him a hearty welcome. And greetings also from Jesus, who is called Justice. These Hebrew Christians alone of the circumcision are my fellow workers for the extension of God's kingdom. And they have proved a relief and a comfort to me. Isn't that beautiful? That Apostle Paul could have people like that that would provide a comfort and a relief to him. Helping him with the with what God was telling him he had to do while he was alive on earth in his church. And so, where am I here now? Onesimus, we've done Onesimus. Are we an Aristarchus? Here's Aristarchus. My fellow prisoner wishes be to be remembered to you. As does Mark, the relative of Barnabas. You receive an instructions concerning him. If he comes to you, give him a hearty welcome. Okay, Justice. These Hebrew Christians alone of the circumcision are my fellow workers for the extension of God's kingdom. For the extension of God's kingdom. And they have proved a relief and a comfort to me. Epaphras. Here's Epaphras, who is one of yourselves. A servant of Christ Jesus sends you greetings. He was always striving for you earnestly in his prayers, pleading that you may be persons of ripe character and clear conviction, standing firm and mature in spiritual growth. 
convinced and fully assured in everything willed by God. I bear him testimony. Who's he bearing testimony? Of Epaphras. I bear him te- testimony that he has labored hard in your behalf. What is he doing? Pleading and striving earnestly in prayers for the people that they may please be people of ripe character and clear conviction and stand mature and firm and have spiritual growth. <laughs> this is church life. Messy, but marvelous. I bear him testimony that he has labored hard in your behalf and for the believers in Laodicea and those in Hierapolis. Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas salute you. Give my greetings to the brethren at Laodicea and to Nympha and the assembly, the church which meets in her house. And when this epistle has been read before for it, for you see that it's also read in the assembly of the church of the Laodiceans and see that you yourselves in turn read the letter that comes to you from Laodicea and say to Archippus, see that you discharge carefully the duties of the ministry and fulfill the stewardship which you have received in the Lord. You see, it's work. We work together shoulder to shoulder. We all Real time, real face to face, real shoulder to shoulder. That's how it's supposed to be. It gets messy because we're all still growing. But it's marvelous. All right. And then those who oppose him. So those are those that help him. An example of it, then those are those that oppose him. 2 Timothy 4, 8 to 15. Here's the Apostle Paul too. So it could be Pastor John writing this. As to what remains, henceforth there is laid up for me the victor's crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me and recompense me and on that great day, and not to me only, but to all those who have loved and yearned for and welcomed his appearing. Make every effort to come to me soon, for Demas has deserted me for love of this world. There we go. There's a man who was working with him and then deserted him. For love of this world, I'm not so much into the spiritual stuff of the church. I like the way the world functions. This church is too spiritual for me. It's too much growth that God is expecting me to have. Spiritual growth. I'm, I'm going somewhere else. So, for Demas has deserted me for love of this present world, as it has gone to Thessalonica, Crescens has gone to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia, Luke alone is with me, get Mark and bring him with you, for he's very helpful to me for the ministry. Tychicus I've sent to Ephesus. When you come, bring the cloak that I left at Troas with Carpus, also the books and the parchments. Alexander the coppersmith did me great wrongs. There's people that oppose Paul. There are people that oppose Pastor John. I mean, we've been in the ministry now, full-time ministry, for 22 years, and we know people in the church oppose us. Right? They opposed him. And... um. Where am I here now? Troas? Okay. Alexander the coppersmith did me great wrongs. The Lord will pay him back. The Lord will pay him back for his actions. Beware of him yourself. See, so there's a responsibility for us in a congregation to beware of people that are opposing Pastor John. Beware of him yourself. 
for he opposed and resisted our message very strongly and exceedingly. Okie dokie. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, I'm done. That's what the Lord wanted me to bring this morning. The work of an apostle. And uh, God works with us. People who pray for him. 1 Thessalonians 5.25, brethren, pray for us. 2 Thessalonians 3, 1 and 2. Furthermore, brethren, here's Apostle Paul speaking to his churches, not other churches, his churches. Do pray for us that the word of the Lord may speed on and spread rapidly and run its course and be glorified and extolled and triumphed, even if it's done with you. And that we may be delivered from perverse, improper, unrighteous, wicked, actively malicious men. For not everybody has faith and is held by it. Hebrews 13, 18. Keep praying for us. For we are convinced that we have a good, clear conscience that we want to work, walk uprightly and live a noble life, acting honorably in complete honesty in all things. So, glory to God. Hmm. Am I done? What is the time? How long have I been ministering, Pastor Christie? Have I got 10 minutes? Okay. Yes, no, this is part of what the Lord wanted me to do. All right, he wanted me to read you the work of an apostle. The work of an apostle. Okay, the Greek word apostolos is one who is... The, the, everybody knew when, when, the, when, when, when Jesus used the word apostolos, all the Greeks, even the unsaved Greeks, knew what the word apostolos meant. Even the unsaved people knew what apostolos meant. Apostle, apostle, apostolos. This is what it meant. One who is sent away, personally selected, sent on, on assignment on behalf of a very powerful government, empowered, invested with authority, dispatched to accomplish a special task. An admiral of a fleet of ships. The word apostolos at that time was a naval term that described an admiral the fleet of ships that traveled with him, the special crew who accompanied and assisted an admiral, an, an admiral. the fleet would be sent out to sea on a mission uh, um, to locate territories where civilization was non-existent. You have to understand that we are all with Pastor John in this, in this apostolic mission. We're all with him. You have to understand that he's got a crew. And his crew are the people that God has brought to him and planted here with him to do the apostolic work with him. That is where your reward for eternity lies. Not because you did something great in the world system apart from the church and apart from, from, from spiritual leaders. Your eternal rewards are because of what you did on earth in the church with your spiritual leader. You will get the same rewards as Pastor John if you, do this, if you do your part. Pastor John doesn't get a greater reward. Everybody that works together on this ship and does their part and pulls their weight and does their part gets the same reward. Right? So 
The word apostolos at that time was a naval term described an admiral, the fleet of ships that traveled with him, the special crew who accompanied and assisted an admiral. So the fleet would be sent out to sea on a mission to locate territories where civilization was non-existent. Well, Whitbank happens to be one of those territories here. Johannesburg happens to be a territory. God has not given us other territory. We don't do what so many in the body of Christ do just because they can is build a church in every city. God's got to tell you where to go. You can't just go where you want to go just because you can and you've got the, the means to do it. You've got to do what God tells you to do. You've got to go where God tells you to go. And so once the region was identified, the admiral, along with his specialized apostolic crew, and all their cargo and belongings would disembark, settle down, and work as a team to establish a new community. This would begin the process of transforming a strange land into a replica of life as it should be. Their purpose was total colonization of the uncivilized territory. Within this special fleet of ships were the personnel, the cargo to, uh, required to establish a new culture, a new life, a new community, when that fleet pulled up to shore, it contained workers trained to build roads, construct buildings, teach uncivilized people, people who don't know the word, teach uncivilized people how to read, write, and function in a new kind of society. Thus, the admiral became the team leader for the construction of a new society. You see, Pastor John is anointed to be able to assign people to things, to see where people should go. So, like this like this um, admiral, he, he knows where people should go and what they should be doing, right? So when the fleet pulled up, it contained workers trained to build, to teach, to read, to write, function in this new kind of society. Thus the admiral became the team leader for the construction of a new society, and once the job was completed, they would go to a new territory and repeat the entire colonization process all over again. So that's what the word, when, when the word apostolos is applied to New Testament individuals, it refers to God-appointed ministers who are called to lead believers to spiritual heights and depths of revelation that are unattainable. And, and unattainable without the apostolic ministry. A New Testament apostle is given revelation of truth, deeply spiritual experiences filled with insight. If a person or group of churches is connected to a particular apostle, they have access to spiritual truths they wouldn't have been able to obtain on their own. In this sense, an apostle was a spiritual passport that gave believers right of passion, passage into heavenly realms and deep spiritual truths. An apostle is a personal representative, a person who had the authority to act on behalf of the government who sent him. So when the apostolus spoke, his words were counted as the words of his senders. When the apostolus acted, his actions were interpreted as those of the sender. The connection between the sender and the person who was sent was almost inseparable. A spiritual leader, an apostle is a spiritual leader, whose insights would take people from one realm to the next. We have to know what's available to us. You have to know what to expect this gift to do. Hallelujah. Glory to God. A spiritual leader whose insights possessed supernatural knowledge and insight 
unavailable to the average man. So you cannot say, and no, you are not average. You are a born again son of God. I'm not calling you an average person. You are a supernatural son of God, born again. But God has predetermined and predestined for there to be apostles, apostles, prophets, pastors. God's plan is for that to be there, to bring powerful sons of God to maturity so that we can all work together and bring to pass the kingdom of God on this earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. God wants you to see these gifts accurately. Whatever your perceptions have been of in other churches of what spiritual leaders are, you have to can it all. You have to take on this that I'm teaching you this morning. This is accurate. This is according to God's word. He's God's personal representative. He has the authority to act in the stead of the one who sent him. Right, a spiritual leader. So the word apostle in New Testament times was already a word. Apostolos was already an old word with quite a lengthy history because the world system knew what that word meant. So it says here, so when people in the early church heard or read the word apostle, they understood its, its meaning very well. So an apostle was a person specially selected, specially commissioned, specially sent to represent the Lord. An apostle arrived on the scene with a mandate, a vision for establishing the church in a territory. He was a pioneer, an adventurer. I mean, I know Pastor John so well and all of these things. Pioneer, adventurer, overseer, coordinator, leader responsible for colonizing a region with the word of God and the culture of the New Testament church. Glory to God. The culture of the New Testament church and of Jesus' culture. Jesus' culture and what he's building. An apostle provided passage from one spiritual dimension to another. He would literally take a church to new levels in its spiritual growth, growth that it could never reach apart from the apostle's anointing. The apostle is authorized to speak and act on the Lord's behalf like an ambassador who represents his government to another government with the backing of God's kingdom behind him. I want to just add this to you. He is not perfect. He's not perfect. Because he's not Jesus, the apostle Jesus. But God will back him anyway. That's exactly what God did with Moses. When God said, speak to the rock and he hit the rock. God still let the water come out. He dealt privately and personally afterwards with Moses. But he will back the leader. That's why people who murmur against a leader, God will, God, 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 you, you just, you know what you do when you do that? You just stifle your own growth and you stop your development right there. You're just not going to develop any further than that. You just stifle your own growth right there because you've got something to think and something to say because you saw some kind of humanity of the leader because that's not God's way. He used to have a sympathetic understanding of the work of this apostle. All right, so an apostle, an apostolic anointing would literally take a church to new levels in its spiritual growth. He was authorized to speak on God's behalf with the backing of God's kingdom behind him. As the envoy for the risen Christ, he had the anointing, the authority, and the spiritual backing to get things accomplished. I've seen God 
with Pastor John. I'm telling you, God just backs everything that he does what God tells him to do, backs him. An apostle is a man of divine revelation, not just an implementer of pragmatic ideas and strategies, though he is an implementer of pragmatic strategies and ideas too. It's a very complete package gift. It's wonderful. I'm amazed sometimes because my gift is like that. You know, it's like like that. But Pastor John's is like that. You know, just like that. A man of not um, uh, not just an implementer of pragmatic ideas, but he carries with him supernatural insight and revelation, vital for the growth and the building up of the church. All right. And I think I'm going to finish with this. The apostle is uniquely graced to encompass all five ministerial offices as and when needed. Okay, the apostle, and uh, he's he, he is uniquely graced to encompass all five ministerial offices as needed. You see, here's this apostle on the ship. Here's the work that has to be done. Here's all the people that are with him. And God says, I'm going to show you. And you're going to, when you need to do this, you're going to flow in that anointing. When you need to do this, you need this because I need the job done. It's uniquely, the apostle is uniquely graced to encompass all five ministerial offices as needed in order to establish an ecclesia, a church. And develop the ministry gifts within believers. Gee, I can park there. Ah, ha. Ah. Okay, I'm going to read it again though. The apostle is uniquely graced to encompass all five ministerial offices as needed in order to establish a church and develop the ministry gifts within believers. That's why he knows what needs to happen in the worship team. He knows what needs to happen in the music ministry. He knows what needs to happen in the Bible school. He knows what to need needs to happen here with a with a with a helps ministry. He knows what needs to happen here with with missions. And he's uniquely graced. He's uniquely graced. You don't want to want what he wants. You want to know what you, you have been uniquely graced with on this ship, this fleet of ships that we work together with this apostle to get God's job done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because my reward is going to be equal to Pastor John's reward. As I walk in what God wants me to do to help him in what God has assigned him to accomplish. In his lifetime, all of us, if we walk like that, will get the same reward as Pastor John. This is very real, people. We've had a very wrong perception of somebody in the ministry. We have to love them. People, we must love him and have an intelligent recognition of his work and, and support him in it. But this is not something, you know, like we do in, like people do in the world. This is, this, is, this is a real job that gets got to get done for God while we're alive on the earth. Because there's people coming after us. We don't know when God's going to wrap it all up. But I want to be found, counted, that I did my part with Jesus, with my spiritual leader. Because that's how God sees my life. God does not see my life of how much I achieved in the natural world doesn't he sees my walk with him in his church with his spiritual leader what I did there 
That's where my eternal rewards and your eternal rewards lies. So, so for a time, the apostle will operate prophetically to do the work of, he will do the work of an evangelist in a pastoral capacity to and as a teacher. He may minister consistently as a pastor teacher. That's our pastor John, right? But it will be with a higher level of authority than the, the pastoral or teaching ministries. That authority is God-ordained and demonstrated in the manner in which the apostle establishes, builds up, and develops the believers. You see, his anointing must be very all that so that we can develop all that in all that. You see, so God's put that all in him so that whatever we need, we need for our development comes to us. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We want all of these things to function through Pastor John so that we can all come to maturity and all come into our fullness of our callings and everything because that's where our eternal reward is. When I die and go to heaven, there's my rewards. I mean, I already get my rewards on earth. He does. He rewards you already on earth, you know. But, but my reward is in heaven for eternity that I lived accurately according to God's pattern in his word for him. <laughs> I lived according to his pattern in his word the way I was supposed to in his church. That authority, so he may minister consistently as a pastor or teacher. That authority is God-ordained and demonstrated in the manner in which the apostle establishes, builds up, and develops the believers, which it is so crucial for people to recognize and see the Lord in his church at large so he can build according to the will and plan of the Lord for the local church. Only a divine endowment of patience and endurance can give a person a sufficient measure of strength and courage to keep him pressing forward when it seems as if all of hell is raging against him. Apostle Paul testified that the hupomino ability to stay put while laying a foundation and then building upon it, which includes establishing divine order, strengthening the saints, often in the face of potential discouragement or intense opposition, is both remarkable and supernatural. Thus, he listed this attribute as the first sign that always accompanies true apostolic ministry. Sent one. He sent. He was sent to Whitbank. It was confirmed by Brother Jerry. It was witnessed by Brother Jerry. Sent. He was sent to Johannesburg. Glory to God. And so we are all with him, right? Glory to God. That you, I know you all got something out of this this morning. See, this is a, this is a, this is a kind of a quite a meaty teaching. This, this is not, um, okay, Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, will be. This is quite a, so that you can understand the seriousness of who we are in the body of Christ, right? Hallelujah. All right, won't you just stand with me and let me pray with you, please? Hallelujah. Father, thank you. Thank you what you have transmitted to us this morning. Thank you for what you have um, 
opened up our eyes to, Lord. Many of us, you've just initiated something in us. I thank you that you will bring each of us to a full understanding of the responsibility that lies upon our spiritual leader to flow all the time in everything for all of our development, Father, and all of our growth and all of our maturity in the church, in the ecclesia, so that Jesus may be glorified. And I thank you, Father, that your blessing, thank you for your blessing that rests upon your people, that they are blessed going out, Lord. They are blessed coming in, Lord. They are they are the head and they are not a tail. They're not the tail. They're above and not beneath, Lord. And I bless them all. I bless them all in the mighty name of Jesus. And we all say, Amen. Thank you, everybody. <laughs>